0: Real life, real conversations, motivational, fitness, self defense, weight loss, live from the Great 18. This is Real Talk with Mark Cox.
1: I'm hoping it says having trouble connected. Or I hope I'm live. Can you, you show live it. on your side, Dave?
2: Uh it's it's showing live with a, a counter at 35 seconds. Really? Yep. It says uh you're in the show, everybody can see you. That's the stuff that I, I could Okay.
1: Well, let's see if everybody can see us. Hopefully. Oh, there it goes. Mine just showed live forty seven seconds. I I guess mine I'm I guess it's California time over here. Just I guess it needs to get caught up. I <laughs> guess is what that uh, What's going on,
2: guys? Yeah, slow, so, slow down, and you know it's, yeah. it's early in the morning. I, <laughs> See, I that's
1: it. the beauty. We were off camera, right? We talk about live. This is kind of live stuff right now. You know, that's what happens. It is what it is. So, this is awesome, Dave. All right. So, I want to introduce you first, Dave, and then we can get started on some of this stuff because you and I got to meet. Uh, you know, we've been on some. I think we've been on some calls a little bit. You're because we're in the CLA too, correct? Yep. Yep, Connect yep. Leaders Academy, right? Yep. and then we got to meet. I, I don't know if we've been in rooms or not. Breakout rooms. I thought maybe we have. I don't know.
2: I don't think we were, but I, I know we 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 tried to connect before. Uh, yeah, be uh, you know uh, a bunch of stuff, and uh, it was great to meet to meet you live. So.
1: Yes, it was fun. It was fun. So, well, let me introduce you real quick, David, and and we'll get we'll get started on this because uh, you're a, a, also a, a podcaster, and we're going to talk about your big old bat. You know. <laughs> So uh, today I got David Chemetsky. He's a Pathfinder, coach, and mentor who serves as a speaker, author, philanthropist, and a media host of the internationally ranked podcast Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat. The primary focus of Dave work is elevating you on a higher path. So this is this is your little bio that you had. So, yes, yeah, so you have Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat. That's one thing you did. I think you spoke and you had your bat with you.
2: I and did, You call yeah, yourself yeah.
1: Uncle Dave, right?
2: I do, Yeah. <laughs> You know, the, the Uncle Dave story comes from when I was working as a recovery coach and we had gone up to, you know, every year in February, we go up to kind of uh, beat up the uh, politicians up in Albany, uh, here in New York. And we, we tell them they need more funding to help people with uh, substance uh, disease. And by working with that, uh, you go in there. So you go in there and, and a lot of the people who'd go up there are these people who, you know, had horror stories kids who have overdosed and uh or experienced you know extreme cases so you go there and they, they tell their stories everybody wants to hear their story and that wasn't really the the real that's and that's not the reason why we go the reason is to try to get the more funding so we're in this senator's office and i'm doing this and, and i'm listening and i don't i didn't lose anybody uh yet uh, which i hope never to experience you know I'm listening, and I'm being respectful, and they're, they're all listening. And you could see the senator's aides kind of tune out. You could see their eyes. You know, I've been in enough corporate meetings in my life to know when that white light is like, all right, we're done, and whatever they say is blah, blah, blah. It's Charlie Brown's <laughs> yeah. you know, teacher. And I go, whoa, whoa, whoa. I need you to focus on one thing. And everybody, it's that EF Hutton moment. And, you know, I go, this is what we need. This is really what we need—not just to hear our stories. Uh, And each one of our stories, we could be here for days. And then I I refocused it, and the senators started taking notes. They all started taking notes. His aides were taking notes. We walk out of the room, and they're like, "What the? Did you just do?" You know, I go, "This is what you do every year. This is not what I do every year." And they're like, "You're like everybody's uncle. You like take care of everybody. You're Uncle Dave." And that was what I became to known as, as Uncle Dave. My friend Stacy kind of nicknamed it she's like that's uncle dave that's just being dave being dave it's uncle dave he, he he's gonna protect you as hard as you can and he's gonna make sure we get what we need
1: that that's yeah that's good that's good that's how it isn't it funny how we always get pet names that stick with us i'm one of those that give out pet names you know everybody's always i tell everybody here um you know my students look for pet names and I'm like, you can't do that. I can't just do that. You have to, it has to come upon you when, when it's time, <laughs> yeah. it's time. You know what I mean? So pet names always kind of come, come with it. So you have a podcast. Now, how long you've been podcasting?
2: We're almost on two years. Uh, so February 20th will be two years. I have over 110, 15 episodes and, uh, we keep cranking them out, man. We keep having, uh, lots of guests, lots of interesting guests on it. Uh, it's called Peace, Love, and Bring a bat. And yes, I said, bring a bat if anybody notices, I have a New York accent. I definitely I'm not a tough guy, but um, I know how to bring a bat,
1: so you brought that on stage when you went when we were we were in speaker competition together, and uh, you brought your bat on stage. You have a picture of your bat, you kind of look like Negan from The Walking Dead with it <laughs> Just a bit of uh, you know those Lewis, Lewis, Lewis wire. Steel, yeah yeah. yeah. So, and do you have a name for your bat or not? He I really don't. Bats. Uh
2: this yes, I have two. I, I have a, depending on what I, I have, I either bring out my green bat or, you know, the teal bat or the black bat. So I, I have two just based on uh, what I'm wearing, but uh it become a part of you though. I, like I really uh, kind of protective over who swings my bat and, and things like
1: that. <laughs> Isn't that funny? It's kind yeah. of like my karate belt. I don't even like people touching it. Um, <laughs> You know, stuff becomes part of you, and uh, you know, you know that that is what it is. So, well, let's talk about it. Where did it come from? where did the back come from, and how 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 do you utilize it for other people?
2: Yeah, so I, I utilize it a lot of different ways. But how it came from the the type of mentoring programs that I create is talking about peace and love. And while everybody could understand those boundaries and, and things like that, they know what it is for them, and they knows those, those definitions. It's a uh, Bringing a bat is just different. I want a, a yin yang. I, I want to kind of make you smile, but I also want to talk about it. So what the bat really, you know, really installs is your boundaries. When you swing a bat, you know your boundaries. You know where you are, and the goal of life is to hit your sweet spot. And anybody who's swung a bat and hit their sweet spot, it doesn't mean you're going to hit a home run. It just means that you did the best that you could do, and that's what I like to talk about. It is is knowing that it was non-negotiables. That we need to have, you know, you might not like those balls in the, in in the dirt, uh, in a lot of ways, but you know, you also can make sure that when you hit your sweet spot, you definitely know you did the best that you can and nobody can criticize you for that.
1: Well, so what, what, what made you come up with, so most of the times, right. We talk about peace and love. It's because we've not always had that in life. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. You know, a
2: lot of people resist Uh, both or don't know that they're resisting it. You know, you know, even just the the word peace, just sitting within calmness with ourselves. We we blame the outside circumstances. Oh, you know, Mark was loud and you know, I I couldn't get peace. I'm like, anybody could be yelling in my face. I can get peace. I don't always get peace. Don't get me wrong. I'm not perfect. And, but we, what we need to do is learn how to become peaceful within ourselves. And that's where I also talk about love. Because if we can love ourselves, so about four years ago, about three and a half years ago, I tried to kill myself. I knew all the right resources. I was a mentor. I was helping people. I knew how to assist people to get through what they needed to get through. But for myself, I wasn't doing what I needed to do. You know, like you're, you're probably like people you've seen. They might be your clients. They might come to your gym to work out, but they don't always really come, right? They, they, they sign up. They're good for that first week. Uh, After that, you tell off. And so I wasn't taking care of myself. And when I got into a really dark period, uh, my dad had just passed. I was in the process of moving my mom. I was having some marital challenges, teenage kids. You know, life gets too heavy. And if you don't take care of yourself, things could happen. And you go down a dark path. And I I went down that dark path uh, for myself. It was not something for anybody else. And I don't mind talking about it, as I've shared uh, previously uh, on a TEDx stage as well as on my podcast. I mental health is and mental wellness it really is not just the health but our wellness is so important.
1: Yeah, I've been down um I've been down that dark road myself. I haven't been where I haven't been where I had a suicidal thoughts but I have I've had thoughts of taking someone else out. So, yeah.
2: <laughs> Taking somebody okay. else out I've been there, <laughs> but, you, you know uh, what
1: I mean, and, and I'm like on a, on like being serious about it. Like I, I was going to do it. And, um, <clears throat> you know, I've not talked about this story on stage before, but mine was, you know, how it didn't happen is I'm sitting in a car with a, uh, with, um, with a weapon and I'm waiting. And I just happened to have a friend, a lifelong friend that I've known since I started martial arts. We're best of friends, and he moved to Arizona. And that night, he just happened to call me on the phone and goes, "Hey, man, Mark, where are you at? I'm in I'm in Chatsworth." And I'm like, "What do you mean you're in Chatsworth?" And he, he says, "I'm in Chatsworth. Let's go get some. Let's go get some uh, dinner. What are you doing right now?" And I'm like, "You don't even. You you wouldn't believe me if I told you what I'm doing right now." And that's what stopped that that night, that intervention you, know yeah, I
2: mean? you, you never know. And I, I, I'm a firm believer of the universe or, or, or God uh, for, for me, mm-hmm. I was an active for 36 hours. I was in an active state where I was trying to kill myself. I, I, I had the plan. I was in the process of uh, initiating the plan. And then when one plan failed, I in, initiated a, a few others. And, uh, and each time I was told by it wasn't a friend. Uh, I had wrote 30, I had wrote 50 letters to people to explain to what I was doing, but I had gotten, um, I don't really know. It, it was a grandpa Mike, which I, I I've been told who it is. Uh, it's not a family member. I don't have a grandpa Mike. Uh, it was a, it was a higher power. It, it was somebody reaching above saying, it's not your time and you need to go back and help people with their stories, help people, you know, Talk about your story to make sure that other people don't. And I've been pretty successful in that by sharing my story, but also allowing people the safe space that they can talk about their stories as well. Uh, And I appreciate you sharing your story because we get to that point. And unless Mm -hmm. we know our right resources, it really becomes frustrating. And what happens? Life becomes heavier and heavier if we don't use our resources to lighten it up.
1: Well, don't you, I, I don't know about you, but I know that as much as I was in that dark place, does it not make you a better coach and mentor since you went through it, correct? Yeah, well,
2: that, well, that's truthfully the story. The difference between a coach and a mentor to me, a coach might tell you exactly what to do, or a mentor will give you space, but also understand because I've been there. I've been in those those pits, those dark pits. So when you tell me that, I might not be in the same pit but I can understand it from my level and offer you what I've, you know, the learnings that I have. And that's my goal is to try to use my stories to then move people forward or, or allow them to see how that they can go through and do the same things.
1: Yeah, that's, yeah, that's good. That's really good. I I've had, um, I've had those um, I've had those same thoughts and being able to, isn't that weird though? I, you know, I'm listening to your story too, and you know, being a mentor and everything out, and I teach, uh, I teach self control and stuff like that, and I barely had any myself. You know what I mean? It well, was uh, is a weird thing.
2: That that's the thing is, we we all at some point have what I what I'll call the icta disease. I know that already, and you know, don't worry, I know it. I I'm good. I, I know how to do it, and we don't think about actually doing it, right? You you. You know, you knew all all your resources, how to calm yourself as a martial arts expert, and you you weren't doing it in your personal life, right? We have to do it in in every aspect of our lives. That's why when we talk about the bad again, it's that balance. When you have that balance, you're able to swing to hit the sweet spot. It's having that balance in life. It's not just having peace in our lives. It's not just having love in our lives. It's knowing what our non-negotiables are. What does that conversation look like? And having that self-conversation with ourselves, because when I was, the first question, right after I tried to hurt myself, doctor walked over to me and says, do you love yourself? And at that moment, I looked at them like they were talking Chinese. Uh, It it didn't make any sense. And I had to think about it. And once you start thinking about it, you know the answer is no. Now, if you ask me that question Mm -hmm. now, today, it's completely different. And I can tell you a million reasons why I wouldn't go back to that darkness. That doesn't mean I won't experience darkness, but I've learned how to manage it. And I know the past year, actually, I managed an awful lot of darkness and I still was able to stand tall and regroup myself in ways that I would have never been able to handle previously.
1: So in your mentoring and stuff that you do and in, in stuff like that, do you, do you notice that your clientele is mostly men? Or a, a mixture?
2: It, 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 it's it's still a mixture. Uh When I first started, I was like, all right, I'm going to help men. And I, I help a lot of veterans. Uh, I, I do. But uh, it, the problem with men is it, it's tough. We all think we can. We're all taught. Come on, rub it off. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Even when I first started talking about this, this peace and love stuff, you know, I had friends who were like, come on, Mary. Come on, stop with that crap. And I'm like, no, no, think about it. If you do this and they're resistant, even just talking about it. And it's really hard for a lot of people because of the way we, we grew up. Look, you and I are around the same age, right? You know, why are you crying for? You know, go beat them up instead. Go, you know, don't let the bully win. You know, all those things. Um, it's okay to react differently and, and acknowledge your feelings. That, that's all pushing down feelings that we now, I acknowledge my feelings. That's why when people go, how are you feeling today? Some people get to, you know, yeah, I'm okay. But like, whenever I don't feel well, I'm like, yeah, I'm not really feeling that great. I'm, I'm safe. I'm okay. But I'm not, a, you know, I don't feel good. I don't want to leave lie to anybody. If you're asking, if you have enough guts to ask me how I'm doing, you have enough guts to, and, and I respect you enough to say, Hey, this is exactly what I'm doing.
1: It's so it's so true. Everything you're saying, it's funny. I have a, um. we have a group, <clears throat> we have a life group, uh, from church right and you know most churches have these life groups and they kind of meet on it's an eight-week thing and they kind of meet at people's houses and there's different topics so maybe you got singles and then you got married and young adults or whatever divorced you know and you're kind of getting in people that have are familiar in your space and you know i can't stand those right i can't stand them right i i I kept telling them they tried to get me in these men's groups. And I said, listen, man, I'm not sticking, sticking around singing Kumbaya and tell you my, <laughs> my sad stories. I said, I'm not doing it. And you know, they're like, you don't understand, you know what, you know, what can happen from there. And I said, I'm telling you, I'm not doing it. And so, um, I said, so I said, but I will lead a group and the group is going to call Bible Beatdown or Jesus and Jits is what we're going to do. And, <laughs> So they come to my school and we kind of fight and we work out together or we do jujitsu together. And we just did one yesterday. I probably had 30 guys here yesterday. See, that's different because after you sweat bleed together, there's a bond that starts to form and walls will start to come down. You know, when you're physical in 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 a I guess a typical, you know, alpha type setting. Right. Guys that are just not going to do it. And that's when the walls come down. That kind of setting, if you've bled with me or you've sweat, tried to choke each other out, I have a different bond with you and a different respect level for me to to open up. So I, I can see how that can be for men. Men are they're they're a tough they're a tough bean, especially in my in our generation. Our generation is man, shut up, Buttercup. You know, suck it up, Buttercup type stuff. Yep.
2: No, it, exactly. And that's one of the reasons why I, I eventually brought in the the bat I've been resisting uh, to be honest with you i I, I resist using the bat I figured the podcast was something different than my coaching practice which is you know on the path and uh you know its personal attitudes towards ha- happiness and all that stuff uh but once I walk around with the bat and I just ordered a, a copy of Lucille as we're talking about from uh the walking dead <laughs> um you know because people are like dude you got to have a picture with, with yourself with like with Lucille and Yes, you know, but but it's also part of the, the bat where I, I worked with some veterans. Let me talk to you about the bat. And one of the things is like board breaking, like you do board breaking. I'm not trained in martial arts. I've done a little Taekwondo. I've done a little bit here, but I'm not trained in doing it. But baseball, I have played baseball my whole life and I've taught people how to hit, uh, you know, and really what it comes down to is when I go with it, I work with veterans and what I do is teach them how to swing. And so there's guys who already knew how to swing. But then when you do, like the board breaking, when you hit a baseball, you focus on that one piece. You focus on a word and what that feeling is. Because that's usually what causes us the delays. It's that piece inside of us that breaks us, that hold, that we're holding on so tightly to the negativity. And if we want to hit the sweet spot, you do. You hit the sweet spot by finding the word that you want to overcome. You want to break through. And what does it feel like? And that's what I love doing is then having teaching people who might not have ever swung a bat. I was at a speaking competition with a woman who never swung a bat in her life. I mean, even um, when we met in Jersey, Juanita had never swung a baseball bat in her life as athletic as she is, as highly trained as she is. She had never swung a baseball bat, never had the opportunity. So I taught her how to swing a baseball bat. And she was like, Oh my God, this feels so great. And You know, there really is power about moving the energy. And that's why we do board breaking. I mean, you know, it's not only to show accomplishment, but it's also to move our energies to a different level. And when we're able to do that, there's a lot of power in behind that.
1: That's true. That's true. Definitely, definitely board breaking is a confidence thing. You know what I mean? It's Mm -hmm. not a, you know, or breaking the bricks like I do. I remember when I was heavily, heavily competing. And I would set these bricks, I would set bricks up. And, you know, when I got done, it looked like an earthquake hit this place, man. I'd break, you know, probably 75, 80 bricks in stacks of 10, you know, 15. And I remember just, I I remember the feeling of doing that, right? That pure concentration, being able to break through something and stuff like that. And I've used that analogy quite a bit in my own uh, school. You know what I mean? Uh, People don't break wood because of fear. Well, Daniel Gomez is a perfect example. He wanted to break these bricks and he taught and he asked me, he goes, Hey, I want to do this while I'm here. And I said, okay, I'll teach you how to do it. And uh, I said, I think you can do it. <clears throat> and, uh, he, and then the next day he's kind of ducking out of it. And I'm like, Oh, you're not ducking out. You're not going to tell me you're going to do it. And then you're going to duck out. That's just not going to happen. You're not going to get on stage and be this motivational speaker. And then tell me that you're not going to do it now. we we're definitely doing it now. And so I took him in the in the room and I kind of taught him, but he missed the first two times. Right. Mm-hmm. And I said, you're not focused, man. You're not focused. You're not focused about going through You're you. You're letting fear tell you that you can't do something instead of just letting loose. And I said, I'm going to break them for you. You're going to watch me do it. And then I broke him, And I said, "Now, so you're going to be your turn. And then of course, I got him all hyped up. You better get there. You better break <laughs> that son of a bitch. You know what I mean? and uh then he ended up breaking it man he was like a kid in a candy shop it was it was the funnest thing i did of the whole weekend was teaching daniel gomez how to break some bricks yeah so I, I wish i would have had that opportunity that. I,
2: had, I had to get back in the car I, I mean, But that's one of those things like i guess you and i are gonna have to meet again uh and, and you're you're out you're out in la uh, so uh i am mm-hmm. uh, yeah so we're gonna have to meet uh, i'm coming out there march 3rd for the best you i don't know if you know about it it's at the uh, los angeles uh convention center March 3rd through
1: 5th. So and what is that?
2: It, it's a the best you there's a bunch of speakers I'm going to be speaking at it and uh it's a free ticket so like come on down. I I'll I'll, I'll... We can, we can.
1: Oh, I didn't. Yeah, for sure. Dave, if you're going to be in town, I mean, Los Angeles Convention Center is right around the corner for me. I mean, it's it's a it's a 30 minute drive. Well, it depends on traffic. It can be 30 minutes or two and a half, two and a half hours. Yeah, but I uh, uh, get there. I, I live in I live in,
2: uh, I live in uh, outside of New York City, so I, I know I can get into the city in a half hour or I can get in the city for two hours. <laughs> it, it all depends timing and, and traffic. But uh, yeah, no. So, so tell uh, me thought, about
1: this speaker competition you're doing. Are is it a, is a competition or are a you competition. speaking at it's, something?
2: It's not a competition. This is just speakers. It's a bunch of motivational speakers. It's in a, it's in a this huge event. Uh, next year they even want to make it even uh, larger. It's at the L.A. Convention Center, and you're gonna hear some high level. I mean, really high level speakers who are gonna talk to you and teach you about different techniques different opportunities that you can to learn how to overcome what you need to overcome, uh, how to improve business. There's going to be uh, a lot of different speakers who will teach you how to reduce stress, anxiety, what you can, what you need to do to overcome, uh, better marketing. Uh, you'll have some really high-end people who will also will get you on stages uh, if you're looking to do that. It's going to be a a lot of fun. And then, you know, one of the thing, one of the speakers I just heard is going to be announced uh, who I would like to meet. I mean, there's so many I want to meet this this upcoming, uh, that that weekend is uh, Lisa Steinberg, uh, the the famous uh, uh, agent, sport agent. And I've always said the work that, you know, that I do because it's so quick could help so many uh, agents and clients like that. It's incredible. You know, I've helped people within a month getting over lifelong stresses and phobias uh, well phobias are are are, uh, are diagnosed uh things that they're fearful
1: of interesting that's interesting yeah i had no idea of that and and that's called unleash you is that what it's called but, uh,
2: the, the best you the best you the best you yeah hmm. i I'm i think that's that the, that's even yeah the, i think that's even the website the best you.com yeah
1: yeah, uh, so definitely. So, are you going to be here for all all the days? Or are you just yeah? I'm coming in on the second. I'm that?
2: coming in on, on March second, and I'm leaving uh, at some point on the fifth. So, we'll definitely have uh, some opportunity to see each other live.
1: Oh yeah, we're definitely going to do that. You know, off camera, we'll uh, uh, yeah, off show, we'll take a we'll look at that, and I'll, I'll I'll make sure I meet up with you for lunch or something over there, or dinner or something, for sure. That is that that'd be good. That'd be a good time. Well, let's talk about uh, the. You did something. I think you said you've got to speak on a 10X stage. Is that correct? Yeah,
2: the, a 10X stage. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, those are usually ideas that change the world. And the idea that I put out into the world is we all have a phoenix within ourselves. And by being a phoenix within ourselves, that really just means how we we, we rise. Uh, as you said, off camera, and I'm sure and you shared a little bit on camera as well. Life has not been a, a straight line for you. You know, it, it, we, oh, we've, gone, okay. we've, we've gone through some some deep, dark stuff and the ashes. And, uh, you know, the first time, uh, May, it was May 11th, 2006. I was in the middle of a divorce and I'm in this conference and I hear that this is the first time I heard Maya Angelou's uh, Still I Rise poem. And all I kept on thinking about was the phoenix. And I said, you know, I'm not going to allow a a divorce to hold me back. I'm not going to allow, I need my girls to be in in a women's conference. Like I'm sitting in there. I need to make sure that they're set up and I need to do this. And I rose out of those ashes. I've had other ashes behind that, including that suicide attempt. So, you know, we need to learn to what we need to do. And by doing that, that's really why I talk about taking people to the the next level to soar is when you're able to soar you see things at a different level different perspectives the higher you go the more you learn as you know you know learning doesn't stop when you you could be a whatever belt you are there's always still learning and improving on lots of different aspects of our lives
1: yeah that's 100% true i say that all the time i mean everybody gets you, you know they get kind of googly eyed when you talk about your rank and stuff like that. that's why you don't really hear me talk about it too much you know what rank and stuff i am because uh i tell him i said higher ranks do uh, you know the, in the martial arts world you know when you hear eighth degree ninth degree tenth, degree, you just think of this i don't know this kind of a guru magical you know whatever and i tell everybody i said i'm an eighth degree black belt in talks you know, but <clears throat> you know what that means that just means i've never quit and I just kept showing up and now I'm old. That's what it means. And uh, I said, so, you know, as the years pass, you know, you have these work stops, you know. So when you are working and you are, are training and you continue showing up, all of a sudden there's a work stop, right? And the work stop is you get another belt. And you can do, keep on coming to class and training and training. And perseverance means the next work stop is another belt. And I said, that's really kind of what that means. Uh, I'm not a big, I know everybody calls me Master Cox and stuff like that, and or the Grandmaster, you know, at that rank, GMC, right? And I tell him, I said, I, mean, I hate that title. And I said, because I, I might be that in this arena, but last weekend I was training with a bunch of guys and getting choked out and, and getting, I'm choking people and getting choked out. So I said, am I really a master? You know, <laughs> I'm a master of, of uh, continuing to work. So I, I get that that for sure you know yeah, I, and i, like, I think I like you talked about
2: yeah i think you'll agree it is no matter you if you always think that you're not a master uh it's it, it, and, and you're looking for mastery of our of our lives and you know because there's always something you can learn i'm sure there's somebody who might never have any martial arts experience walk into your dojo and there's something that you can learn from them uh, the way oh, that they see things, 100%. Right? Yeah. And it doesn't matter how much. In fact, we, we should always be careful that knowledge isn't one of those things that we hold on top of a pillar because then that's a pillar that you can fall easily off of. You know, knowing that what, what we don't know is learning to do better, but keep learning and seeing different people's perspectives, learning that, that's part of that growth. That's another thing that takes you to that higher level. And, you know, you saw, I mean, you know, again, when we were met in Jersey, it's being the uh, last month, that was, you know, there was all I mean, you, you name any one of those speakers getting up on stage. They were all top notch people. Uh, you know, I, I know when when they when we did have the competition, I'm like, I don't know how who's going to do it. And, and when they announced my name, I was like, what? How would I you know, like I, I saw myself still learning and, and doing things and, and I still continue to learn i mean that's why even with the, the tedx talk you know like I, I just recently read some some reviews from that tedx talk and people like oh he looked scared he was this and that yeah it, it, it's a speech that you have to memorize every word i don't like memorizing as you know you like yeah. you and i like the same thing get me on a stage i will get you what you need You maybe memorize it yeah there's a little bit of a challenge i've done keynotes and things like that but not having that. And that was also the first time I ever told my story out in public about me trying to kill myself. And I knew once you got the cat out of the bag, you're not getting it back in. (laughs) And, you know, uh, I had hopes uh, uh, for it. So I don't mind that my presentation wasn't that good. I know the most important thing out of that speech is nine families reached out to me, heard my story and wanted to understand the mindset that I was going through and some of those people needed help so i was able to get them to a therapist again i i know my lane so i stay in my lane when when it's above my pay grade i don't mind handing it off
1: that's so good dave that's uh, that's and and that's the thing well i think that anytime we have you have comments and stuff like that right um the vic, the victory goes to the man that's in the arena doing it as roosevelt says right and that's famous speech yep right? yeah, yeah right exactly you know not not to
2: Yep. It, it's, it's so easy to say, hey, Mark, you know, you could have done this better or Dave, you could do this better. 100%. I, I'm not putting myself out there going, oh, I'm a TEDx speaker. I'm the best. Can I help you become a TEDx speaker? 100%. I know what it takes to do that. I know I'm also a DTM in, in Toastmasters, so I'm at the highest level of Toastmasters. Does that mean that everything I do is crisp? I'm not crisp, man. I, I, I am who I am. I'm the guy who brings the bat. But I'm also the first guy to give you a hug when you need a hug because I'm comfortable with myself. I mean, during that weekend, somebody was teasing me about that. I had a pink shirt and I go, yeah, I know who I am. I go, you know, you want testimonies on that? Also, I can give you some testimonies (laughs) about that. I go, I know who I am. It doesn't matter. I'm, you know, I am who I am.
1: So I didn't know that you had that either. So, so let's, let's dabble into that real quick because after the speaker competition, You know, I'm a pretty, I'm super competitive. Right. And I was like, okay, what, you know, I, I I analyzed that. Right. And I'm like, man, I thought I would hit that out of the park. But I will say that if I, if I was a little bit lower down on the, on the, on the rung, right. I I think I went third or fourth. Right. If if I I was like, man, I would have done a different, the feel of the room that day was a little bit different. It was really some heartfelt type stories in there. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I would have went a different route. I think I would have talked about the phone call that I made to uh, my black belt. You know, uh, I would, I would talk about 45 and um, on my belt, the number 45 on my belt. And that's uh, Carlos Mata's number and my, his black belt number in my school. And I'm the one that called him on a Wednesday night, uh, and to go teach class because I was too far away and it was super raining and and I called him and said, "Hey Carlos, can you go down the studio? Can you run the run the black belt club class for me and stuff like that?" And He said, "Oh yes, sir. I'll be down there right right away." Went in his car and he was killed by a drunk driver on the way there. Oh God! On my on my on my phone call. And I remember being in his cat, you know, going to the viewing. I was in the room by myself with him. He has in his uniform and stuff like that. And then they have his belt tied wrong. Right, the belt's tied wrong inside the casket. I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to fix that. I can't, I can't. uh, You know, and I'm kind of reaching down there, and I just knew that I'm the one that called and asked you to go do this. And here I'm fixing your belt in the casket. It, that was a rough. That was a rough deal
2: for I, me. Yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, I, again, well, I, I'm getting chills uh, about that. I, I lost somebody to a drunk driver, also. That I also. So uh, uh, that's something I, I didn't know about. uh, Another connection we had. Uh, my girlfriend. We were, uh, you know, when I was 20. Uh, and, you know, she was at Stanford. I couldn't get a Stanford. So it was a long distance relationship. But we had known each other since we were 13. We were, that was it, man. My, that was my life. And she was like, she was stressed out for school. I said, go to the party. She was walking on the street and a drunk driver came and hit her. And I was the one who told her, talked her into going to the pool. And where I go with this is I carried that guilt for 30 years. So during COVID, mm-hmm. when I was by myself recovering from my own suicide attempt and I started reading some things I thought that would cheer me up, you know, about my love. I mean, I I, I still love this that, that woman. And all of a sudden I'm bursting out in tears, crying. And until then I never even thought about survivor guilt. And then I had it and I was holding on to it. And man, it that's why knowing all the stuff that you go through in life, it holds on. The more that you hold on to it, the more you don't know where it's going to come out. And that's why it's so much better to get it out and, and heal yourself in a, in a, in a, in a way, because I, I can only imagine what you've experienced, you know, because of Carlos.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I got to tear my eye thinking about it right now. Still, it's uh, still that's, I wrote about it a little bit in my book and, um, you know, the phone call to the family to say, Hey, I'm writing a book. Is it okay if I put Carlos, you know, of course they were just a that, I, that to keep his name alive. And, um, but yeah, that's, that's the story of 45 and, I, sh- I, I, if I would have went with that speech, it would have got a different, a different vibe in the room. And yes. I
2: think your speech was fine. I, I, I think, I, I think what it, it, it was, it also could have been time wise. Remember there was a time limit. Uh, mm-hmm. so I, I think it might've been time because that's why I'm telling you as a par- participant, I never know what I look like up there. I know I put my heart into each speech that I give, but I'm watching everybody else. And I'm like, man, what a story! Wow, what a story!
1: Oh, and yeah, the stories were incredible.
2: Yeah, and I'm like, I, I mean, I mean, even our, our friend uh, Jonathan Ellis. So he was, it was, wasn't a story, but he was, he was motivating. It was very motivating, very positive. And I'm like, nope, wasn't be- wasn't better. Yeah. You know, <laughs> if I was the judge, nope, <laughs> nope. And, I, and I've done judging at, at contests before, so I'm like, all right, you know, it's okay. And that's why when they, you know, I was the first name that they called to to make the finals, and I was like. David, David, who like, you know, like, not, not that I don't qualify. I knew I did the best I could do. I, but I also knew that, Hey, you know, it was tough for the judges. And I spoke to the judges afterwards. They were like, no, it, it was very tough. Uh, and, but that's what it is when you, when you're around people, and that's why you do surround yourself with better people. That's the important part about being in communities and to push yourself because it pushes you that much further. You know, your talk wasn't just because you didn't make the three finalists. It was amazing. I wouldn't change a word uh, at it. But and look at how much more you have the ability to. I wouldn't necessarily change it. It was just, you know, uh, again, uh, I saw the other speakers and you just never know how it resonates or what they're looking at.
1: Yeah, that's true, too. I mean, it was good. Those were some just some incredible type of uh stories anyway, So you know. And Marilyn, um, she told me, uh, you know, right before she got on stage, she's like, I just don't want to do this. I think I'm going to go sit down. And I said, no, hell no. You're not going to do that, man. I just I gave had to get up
2: there. I had met Marilyn in, in July and she was like, yeah, I don't really feel that good. I'm not really good. I don't think I'm going to go up there and, and do the contest today. I was like, get up there. You got your whole family here. Stop with that. You know, yeah. like I go, if you're not doing it for anybody else, you're doing it for your kids. Yeah, She had both her sons there. Uh, And I think her daughter was in in, in the in the audience as well. Like, that's what they need to see. They need to see that that you did something that you might not have felt the best about doing, but you move forward. And that's really important.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. So when I came back from that, right, I kind of analyzed like, okay, man, what the heck? I got to make sure, you know, because this is the next step for me is. I've got a I've got a pile full of stuff that I've learned from the mat to the to the to life, right? And I said, okay, this this is my next step. I want to take what I've learned in the martial arts, how I've taught people to make money in the martial arts so their schools can stay open to an organization that I that I head, which is about twelve other schools that I'm the leader in, in as far as helping them with Krav Maga. And so I said, I want to take this to the next level and, and be these this speaker and be, and be that's that's where I want to go. Take my book. Do, I'm going to do another book on tactics and in, in black belt tactics and business and life, right? And then more well, awesome. of a right. Yeah, that's what I, I'm going to do.
2: And I think you're right there. Yeah. I, I, I I I again, you're probably. I think you and I are very similar. I loved your presentation, and and, and I thought you were better than I was. I, I'm really being honest, not because I'm on your show. Um, really, it's. I, I, I think it's so hard to do exactly. Be be you. Don't worry. And that's why. So when I when I tease people about my green suit or the teals that I use, um, I'm like, I don't care. I used to, you know, the first time I put on the, the green suit, I was like, oh my god, people are gonna laugh, people are gonna this. Now I don't really give them. <laughs> I don't really care. Right. You know who <laughs> I am. And either you like me or you don't. And if you don't, that's okay. But if you like me, then you know I'm exactly. I believe authenticity is. It's all about authenticity. I look, do what you want, but you don't need to change anything. You you, you are great. I love the presentation. You know, I love when you, you broke the bottle and you know, like <laughs> yeah. There, there, there's so much that you're already there. Uh, it's just getting out on more stages and getting more visibility to do it.
1: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I appreciate all those too. So I went home when I went home. I, I heard that you're high in the Toastmasters. I'm like, you know what, I'm gonna look at the Toastmasters around here because I never really did that before. Right. And then I found a group right here in my hometown and I'm like, huh, what the heck? I thought, I said, this sounds fun. This sounds like fun. And so I think I'm doing my first meeting this week. And unfortunately, it's on Zoom. You know what I mean? I'm like, I, I hate that, man. I'm like, I got to get in front of people if yeah, they don't do it that way.
2: Yeah, people have gotten too comfortable with the Zoom. Uh, But they, they, they're starting to move back into the live because Toastmasters like to get together. So it, it's a great organization. And, you know, but depending on circumstances and the clubs, it's nice. It was nice during the pandemic. You know, I was on I was I, I attended club meetings, you know, all over the world. And, you know, there's still something to be said. I have to say there's still something to be said about something being live, walking over and and talking to people live.
1: Yeah, for sure. I'm better in that setting anyway. But so let's talk about so you so let's talk about what your book is called.
2: Yeah. So my my book uh, is called, you know, When Your Heart Says It's Your Time to Soar. It's, uh, again, some personal stories, including uh, where I mentioned that uh, her, her name was uh, Sandy. I, I I used her name because she passed. And, um, you know, so there's it, some inspirational stories and uh, jottings, heartfelt jottings. It makes you think about it. So throughout the book, I also have these pathfinder perspectives. I like to talk a little bit about the path. And, but so that way you hear my story, but how you can relate to it. You know, we've all had that first love. We know what that, that is. And, what are you doing even now? You know, it's Valentine's Day. I don't care if you're single. You should have somebody to love. And that love should start from you. Uh, we have three sections in our lives, uh, same as in the book, is that first heartbeat. You know, the heartbeats, that, that the beginning, whatever beginning you do, we sometimes lose that. Even though our heartbeat is. So if you're in a relationship, how does that heartbeat change over time? And why? Are you seeing the things the same way? And that's where I go into that next section, talking about the path. We all walk on paths that get obstacles in our way because of our limiting beliefs, our abilities to they not see the road to be on the right path, and we need to clear that. And then when you find your time to soar, you know what it is getting to that next level, getting that belt, whatever that next level looks like for you. Your second book, you're speaking on larger stages, assisting more people. There's so many different ways what it what it can happen on what you do. It's one of the stories in the book that I. Uh, last year, I, I, I think I shared with you, I had a pretty rough year. Uh, February 10th, my best friend passed away unexpectedly, and he left a mom who, with, uh, who had Alzheimer's, and then my own mom passed at the end of the year. So I, I dealt with a lot of death mm. last year. But the story, when I started writing the book, was about my friend, my friend Kevin, about perseverance. He wasn't physically able to do a lot of things. He he was always the last guy picked and wasn't very coordinated. But when I went through a divorce, I said, look, we got to go someplace. And we went out to Yosemite National Park. And you probably have been there uh, living out in California. We walked up Nevada Falls. Now, Nevada Falls is five miles round trip. So you're like, all right, that's not a big thing. But it's 2,000 feet in elevation. So it's pretty steep. And uh, in the middle of it, it, it's a rough walk. It's, it's, It's so steep. And I turn to him and I, and I see he's struggling. He's pushing it. Everything he has perseverance. He's pushing that. And I go, Kev, nobody's going to ever know if you made it to the top. You want we tell them we we made it to the top. I go, I don't care. Or I'll go take some pictures. I'll get to the top, take some pictures. And you could say you were there. And he goes, no. Pushed himself up and kept on going. Took us a lot longer than it might have been, I guess, the required time or the estimated time that you have. But he pushed himself and perseverance. Persevered, got to the top, and the rest of his life we'd always tease about it. I'd be like, "Yeah, it's not like Nevada Falls," and he would smile because there's that part in ourselves, that peace in our heart, that perseverance that we know we're going to push ourselves as hard as we can to get what we want. That is going to be our mountain that we have to climb, and that's what I. That's really what the book is about. It's about the perseverance. There's some stories. There's some romantic things that i I put in there there's some you know not by any names uh people can identify whatever they want to identify there's also a a story the day my dad died um my father-in-law walked over to me after after the funeral and everything like that and uh he gave me a hug and uh, i'm sure you've had those type of hugs mark is a hug that you didn't know you wanted the hug that you didn't know you were going to get but a hug that you needed in the worst way. And it was mm-hmm. a hug. they just saying it's going to be okay. Uh, he just, you know, you go for the handshake. I always give him a handshake. He's really, you know, um, Lou is really one of my favorite people. He's, he's really a, a hero for me in, in so many ways. And he just pulled me in hard. I wasn't expecting. And at that moment, I broke. Uh, you know, uh, my dad and I didn't have a good relationship, mostly throughout our lives, but I needed that hug. And I didn't know I needed it. He knew, and those are those special people in lives that you can't ever, ever forget.
1: Yeah, that's that's an awesome story, right there, too. That's just great. Sal's on here saying hi. Hey Sal, Sal, how's it going? Yeah. Marilyn. He
2: he is the easiest going guy, man. All the kids are running around and he lets (laughs) Marilyn do everything that she needs to do. And but he's amazing.
1: Yeah, I really him and I really we, we became close with that thing. I, I, I like him a lot. He's a, he's definitely a cool cat. Plus he looks like a, you know, he looks like a mobster. I told him that I said, yeah, yeah, I gonna sit next to you. You look like one of those mobsters from the, you know, the, the old, the old uh, gangster movies. Yeah. So Luca that's, awesome <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that's correct. That's correct. So you, will you talk to me a little bit about some of your coaching stuff that you do? Right. And, uh, uh, and how you help others deal with anxiety, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. So, do you feel that anxiety is one of these highest things right now, especially since COVID? How about your own children? Do they have it? Because some of my children,
2: yeah. Well, you know, so, so I'm like,
1: so, I, I don't need. I, I pull my hair out, man. I'm like, I don't, I don't even know how. To, I have no idea how to help. I don't, I don't know what to do. You know what I mean? You know, my personality is like, you know, suck it up go to the gym, push some iron, and choke people. And that's going to make me feel all better. My anxiety goes away real quick, but it's not well, the case. me
2: too. Uh, so, you know, the, the answer is I, I actually talk to people about using their hands. And uh, really, so I, if, if you remember, so I'm, I'm showing everybody now. You rub your hands really nice and slow for about 10 to 15 seconds. You're going to start feeling calmer. Start watching your breath. And by doing that, it actually creates delta waves, which are the brain waves that we operate, that we, we use when we go to sleep. So it's brainwaves that we're already doing and it will reset yourself, it'll calm you down. Now, it's also better uh, in your sense, rather than rubbing your hands, rather than choking, right? It, it's gonna calm you down differently. But <laughs> it really it, it really goes down to finding you the way to reset yourself. And again, bringing in that peace and love, right? You're bringing in that peace. How can you calm yourself? So there's a lot of different techniques that I do and I've taught people. That's just the beginning of how to overcome. There's reasons why we're anxious. Sometimes we're anxious because we're watching too much of the news. And this is not a political statement, but depending on what you're hearing, all you're hearing is the negative, the stuff that's going to sell, mm-hmm. right? This guy's bad. That guy's bad. And we, we hear that. Feed yourself differently and finding the right mentors. That's where the power really comes into it. And learning those right resets, because I know no matter what's going on. So even last year, when I was going through a lot of stress, did I raise my voice at times? Hell yeah. That's still who I am, because I have some of the other things. But I knew how to reset myself much quicker than I had ever reset myself. I mean, I was dealing with some major stuff. Again, my friend passed away unexpectedly. They're all looking to somebody to take care of things. His mother had Alzheimer's. What do you do? We needed to make sure that nothing stopped her care. What do you do? All right. I'm the guy who's doing it, you know, and it's stressful because then it's not only taking care of my own mom, being the, the, the caregiver, being a caregiver is so important. And that's where as men, if we can learn that swinging a bat, there's so many different things. That's why at live events, I try to bring out my batting net that I have in my, the back of my car to move that energy. It's moving the energy, stopping the stress. That's why for you, Going to the gym and moving that energy, moving that iron helps you out. It moves, it's it's one of the ways that move your energy. And you know, as Sal just said, we are only human. We need to manage the human, right? This is a human experience. We're all spiritual people in a human experience. And that's really the biggest power that we can have because when we do that, that's really the changes. That's what helps us manage exactly what we need to manage. While we're going through the stresses, you're going to have stress. I still have stress in life. This isn't going to be saying, Oh, just sit on a mountain and it all goes away. It doesn't go away. You got to be the one who has the power. And that's why I like to teach people about self empowerment, how they can reset themselves really quickly and overcome things. I mean, I've again, helped people who fears in life. Well, a woman came to me, she goes in six weeks, you have to get me on a plane. I just bought plane tickets for a trip with my Friends and I go okay, no problem. She goes, you're never going to be able to do it. I can't even drive past the airport. I go, I'll bet <laughs> you. And so we we did it in four weeks, but we used the other two weeks to really reinforce some of the other things, the other challenges she had. And then what happened? She goes on this flight. She travels all this way. It was an international flight, and they lost her luggage. Calls me up, panicking up. Hey, Dave. <laughs> they lost my pat, my luggage. What do I do? And I I just go, Hey, you go shopping. I go, you'll get your luggage at some point. You know, they'll, they'll track it, but you need clothes today. Let's figure on the now. And we, she went shopping and had one of the best most memorable trips she ever had in her life. And it opened up the world for her, because now she gets on planes all the time and loves it. So it's all about learning the right resources and applying them. Uh, Sometimes I guess, Putting your hands on somebody might be helpful, but as you and I know, uh, that's not always the best way to do it, uh, other than, it, other than in a competition, but if you can help use your hands in a healthy way to touch yourself in a special way, uh, to heal yourself and to relax yourself, that's even more important.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I think, you know, I, I talk quite a bit about that and part of it is the physicality of things. You know what I mean? Um, being, being, um, hands-on and physical is something that it's just something I enjoy. You know what I mean? You know, if yeah. I, and I'm an old fashioned guy too, right. You know, some of the gyms today, right. And when I came up, we'd be at the YMCA I mean, it was just iron, man. That's all you hear is a clanging of iron everywhere. Clang, clang. And today it's got all these soft weights, you know, you can't really hear the iron like you used to and stuff like that. My home gym is all that. I have all old school uh, uh gym at my home, right? You know, everything's iron and every, uh, iron barbell, dumbbells and the whole nine yards. But um, I think the physicality of things for me has, is. Uh... But then again, you know, sometimes I, I call it uh, praying and pushing. So uh, there's days that I just have a really str- hard day and I struggle and I'll put some worship music on instead. And that's what I push through, man. Yeah,
2: no, exactly. There's so many different ways. It's when we get stuck in the, this is the only thing that's going to work for me. or I've tried everything. If you haven't tried everything, right? A lot of people haven't met me, haven't, haven't used the techniques that I've learned and been able to teach. And, you know, I, you know, I, I have worked with guys coming back from, from the war and with definite trauma. And I go, just sit with me for a little while. And, you know, it definitely is those, those, those loose weights uh were but it, it really is also you could feel sometimes what music you need to hear i mean that's why when i put on my my ipod and put on the music i always put it on random and i can have 1950s you know bebop music mm-hmm. and then i could also <laughs> have guns right. and roses and metallica the next song it's that depending on your energy and what you need and absorb it and it sometimes smells sometimes for people you just need to cook you know it's those memories. That's why we have five senses. And if you if you're blessed enough, be grateful that you have uh, ability to have five senses. Each one of those senses has an ability to reduce what, what you're feeling, and it also has to do uh, not only to reduce what you're feeling. If you're feeling something negative, it also has a way to uplift you in the same way. That's what our memory is about. That's what we're. That's the using the power within. That's really unleashing yourself in ways that you can't even begin to imagine. Once you start noticing uh, a different world.
1: Yeah, that's, that's good. Well, you, you, so you got a lot of, you know, wisdom coming out now. Is this something that life has trained you in or have you trained yourself? What, what is the, what, where is it? Where does your, your techniques and stuff come from?
2: Yes. (laughs) You know um, so, you know, when I first learned all these things, I I put myself into therapy. I was, I was an anger management, Right. So I was angry. I I was having some challenges. And I was like, what the hell? Um, And and sitting through those things and absorbing it and then learning some techniques. And I said, why am I working through this much quicker than anybody else? And my my therapist at the time was like, well, you're a rock star. Nobody works as hard as you do. And then I was able to get trained in a few different techniques, Uh, like the rubbing techniques uh, is part of the the havening techniques that people don't uh, hear about that often. And you know, I, I I've I've now worked with people who have experienced severe trauma and now overcome it. And how I explain it is really uh, having the lights on during a horror movie versus the lights off during a horror movie. Right? It would be a different experience. So I've learned through it from life. Uh, unfortunately, I've experienced a lot in life. Uh, you know, when I start talking about it, I'm like, oh man, I've gone through a lot. Um, and I, I even trademarked the name, you know, what I call life's process uh, that we go through, uh cluberty You know, until you can get through that moment in life, until you can get that clue of growth, you might just keep living in that that old mentality. Hey Emilio, blessings to you, brother. Yeah. <laughs> blessings to you and Daniela and your family. Uh and you know it really is a, a situation of once you learn exactly what you need to learn that's the powerful part. Now you can make mistakes. You and I have said we've made mistakes in our lives. The opportunity at that point is to learn not only to what mistakes you've made, but also how to grow through them, how to then not make those mistakes again. If you keep making the same mistake over and over again, that's not growth. That's just doing something over and over again. I've learned from each of my mistakes, and some of them have been more painful than others. And, uh, you know, by doing that, that's why when I say I'm a mentor, I've been there, I've not done everything Mm -hmm. there is, you know, again, I, when I put myself into the anger management, that was a choice I made. That was because I wanted to really see it and to see people who were dealing with it a lot differently with a different mentality. And I was like, okay, that's really one of those things that I need to do differently. And it is some from learned experience and some of it is from being, being taught finding the right mentors. We all need mentors and having the right mentors is so valuable.
1: Yeah, I, I agree 100% on that. I know we talked a little bit about anger management because I did the same thing, right? I, I I saw that I had to go through something and then I did the same thing. I did what you did. I, I, I met privately and then the guy kind of pushed me about, um, hey, do you want to try this? Uh, you know, you want to try the class out? And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, here we go. And, and then, of course, when I went to class, I'm like, gosh, I'm the mellow one out of this group. Um, uh, you know what I mean? I'm like, holy crime!" I mean, these guys are bashing people up against the walls and every other thing. Right. And I had these tendencies to, um, you know, and I, I don't know. I I don't know where you found that the anger came from. Right. I don't know. I guess the divorce is one thing. Right. I think from a man's perspective, it's not the divorce as much as I felt kind of like I failed at something, right? And I'm pretty competitive as it is, right? And I'm like, man, I tried everything, and you know, I still the the marriage still failed, right? And I just couldn't, I, you know, that failure is not, and see, in my world, failure is not an option. It's just not an option. Well, you know, you're gonna you're gonna have to figure out what's up, and it unfortunately that was the option, and so I couldn't. I didn't didn't know what to do and I I did the same thing I said I got to get some techniques on this or or I'm gonna walk around looking for a fight I mean that's what I did I was like I mean come you know I'm not a bar type guy so I don't drink I don't get stupid like that but um but I will go into the bar to start a fight Mm -hmm. you know I'm thinking you know what I mean to make me feel better and then you know going through the techniques I'm like gosh I'm gonna you know I'm gonna I'm going to hurt somebody. And then I'm going to really be a, 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 a you know, shit's Creek without a paddle, man, because I'm not going to be able to come back from it. And that's, I think that's what I really learned. And I do it today. I don't know. I, I don't know if I ever told you the story of, <laughs> I should have told this story. People freak, freak out on, 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 I, I remember being, you know, this young martial arts instructor, and I'm teaching courtesy, integrity, perseverance, self-control, and animal spirit, You know, and I would go through what all this means and self-control and how to to have it. And then I'm making a a left into Costco and this car runs the red light and I just flip them off like that. Right. I'm like, man, boom. And as I'm doing that, I'm watching them go past me and it's a female. And it's one of the moms at my karate studio that I just did that to. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, my gosh, how am I coming back from that? You know. And I remember a whole day so stressed out, and I'm like, well, I'm just gonna have to bring her in the office, you know what I mean? And um, so I bring her in the office and I say, Hey, I have no excuse for what I did, it's just a complete apology. But I can tell you this, that was a life lesson for me today. I can guarantee you that'll it never happen again. Yeah, and you know, it, I- it it go ahead. And and so I was like, I just didn't know what I just didn't, you know, but it never healed, right? It was a crack that never healed. The kid never got a black belt from me. And so I was like, man, and, you know, and guess what? It's it's this is so many years ago, 20 years ago. You know, his last name is Ziegler. And I had heard that he's been on the streets and in and, in and, and doing drugs. And and then I come to find out two months ago, he passed away on a drug overdose. And I'm like, oh, man, I never had that kid because of my freaking behavior. Not that it would have made change anything, but it's just one of those thought processes in my head. Right. And that's what happened. And, and yeah, so my it, anger it's and, somebody and one off. Of the
2: things that I, that I learned is we, we, we take it all personal, right? So like if somebody cuts us off, that guy cut me off. He's really just driving, right? Or, or she's just driving in, in your case. They're just driving. That's how they drive all the time. It has nothing to do with you. It could be you. It could be me. It could be anybody else. They're not going out. I'm cutting off Mark. They're just cutting. I'm cutting <laughs> off this guy who's in front of me. <laughs> right. And, and, and I, I, I said this once at, at, during the um, this anger management piece, and all these guys looked at me like, "What the fuck is taught?" Talk- that, really? that was exactly <laughs> what they all said. It was like they, it was almost like planned. They go, "What the hell did you just say?" And my, <laughs> you know, the guy was running it, uh, Bill Souls. I, you know, I love I love talking about Bill. Uh, he, he goes, "Could you say that again?" And he knew that I was like preaching like exactly what I was doing, and they're like dude, you are just different. He goes, if somebody cuts me off, I'm going to beat them up. I'm like, all right, that's why you're here. And that's why I'm not. Like, <laughs> It really is. We, we, we take so many things personally. And if we can take things less personally um, and, and have those conversations, I'm not saying that you need to talk to somebody and hug them uh, who cuts you off. And there are people who are going to try to cut you off because they're just going to, that's just them. It's not you. I mean, I've got into you know arguments with people cutting me off, and I look. I grew up in Brooklyn, man. I know how to drive in this city. I know how to protect. I know how to do the defensive driving, and some people just do what they need to do because there's something else within them, and that's why I enjoy when I work with people and I teach them the one piece of, the one piece of life where they actually can then learn. It's not about them, and we. If we start within ourselves, we could be the change in the world, and that's really what I try to do. Is I try to make sure that I maintain the calm in my world, and then that way it keeps going forward. To all right, Amelia. Then you and I got to talk. I'll get you. <laughs> got to calm you down, man, Amelia. Amelia, you're, Emilio,
1: you're supposed to go to a. <laughs> you're supposed to go to anger management one time, not three, bro. Yeah, but okay. but that's the thing <laughs> not is three, bro. Again, when I went to angle management,
2: there were people that were there multiple times. Court ordered. I was not court ordered. I wasn't either. I'm like, dude. uh, Like, if I gotta tell you, if if I was court ordered once, if that shit don't wake me up, you know, that's really what it comes down to.
1: (laughs) It's so funny. I flew in a a day early. That uh, Emilio picked me up from the airport, and he took me to the Rocky Steps and stuff. And the next morning, I meet him, and we got to go pick up something, and. Uh, at, at the rental place. And we're, we're there. And I'm like, where the frick is he? And I kind of looked at it and and yeah, here we go. We got three guys, you know, and he's already like, I got to go. And he's already in this, in this, in this, <laughs> I'm like, Jesus, I just came right to New Jersey to get in a street fight with Emilio at the <laughs> rental place, man. Right. And so that was a, uh... That was just some fun. That's some fun stuff. But that's good. I think it's probably some of the best advice I got from you today, Dave. This little this little thing about not taking everything so personal. Mm. Because I, I guess that's something that we do on a daily. Maybe it, you're you're probably, you know, I, I'm think I'm kind of, kind of reflecting back on that. You're probably right. You know, you take everything so personal, right? I guess it, it's just like going to church, right? And the preacher says something, you're like, geez, man, he's talking right to me. Yep. So he's talking exactly to me. Right. And I think that's the same thing. We might read something on Facebook and say, he's talking to me, that little punk ass. You know what I mean? Uh, and it had nothing to do with you at all. Right. That's, right. Yeah, that's, exactly. That, that's why is, I always okay. say
2: to people, I don't I, I do like texting and, and everything like that. But we also have to read it, not in our heads, because if you're angry, if, if I go, hey, Mark, what's up? And you know, if you're having a really bad day, you're like, what's, "What do you mean? What's up? You know what's going on. You know what's going on in my life. You're like, like, what dude, I was just saying hi. You know, right? And, and, and you know what's happened, right? You know, somebody dude. who just goes, you know, you know, or, or maybe somebody who's close to you might call you a nickname and be like, you're like, what? The, what are you talking about? And I'm like, nah, it's all good, bro.
1: All good. It's so true, man. That's why I hate text messaging. I said. Yeah. I don't even respond to them half the time. And then when I do, I don't know about you, but millennial texting is what drives me the most, right? Because they do one-word texting, like, yes, are you coming? And then it's like 15 in a row. It's like, bang, I'm like, bro, okay, now you're pissing me off. And just pick up the phone, man. I can't deal with the text messaging. And it always goes awry, and it goes, it, it goes south. And if you mm-hmm. text message when you're upset, you know. Uh, it's, 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 I don't know, man. You, you're you correct. That's great advice today, Dave. I, I'm, I'm, we're approaching an hour five. I can uh, spend some more time with you, but well, I'll, I'll come back on
2: it. I love talking to you, and we got to get you on peace, love, and bring a bat. Right? Yeah. Right? Oh, right? yeah. yeah.
1: It definitely, it's to always remember. fun, right? Because we have guests and we get to, you know. I tell everybody I'm kind of selfish when I have guests because I'm kind of fishing for things for my in my own life that I struggle with, and and then you you know, people like yourself come on, and I'm like, wow, that really kind of hit for me and stuff like that. And I know this if it's hitting for me, it's hitting for other people too, right? And so, you know, I you know it, it comes out, and I'm sure you're the right thing. You when you're in in, I, I listened to some of your podcasts in the last week, right? And uh, now I got you on, on, I'm going to tell everybody too. Uh, awesome. love peace and baseball bat, right? Peace if you guys to help us podcasters out, if you want to show love to us, the best way to do it is to number one, review our show. Number two is subscribe to our show. It's free. It doesn't cost anything. You can get uh peace, love in a baseball bat on Spotify or uh, Apple podcast. Correct.
2: Yep. Apple, and, and Amazon, all them, it's right? all over.
1: Right, same with mine. A real talk, and if you want to help us, guys, that you guys that are kind of li- re-listening or, or on the on the replay, if you would go and subscribe to it and leave a review, that's what helps podcasters. This is a weird thing about podcasting. It's not the amount of downloads that we get that put us up on the charts. It's the amount of subscribers that come subscribe and give us yeah. reviews. It's just a weird thing. So. Uh, I keep forgetting to say that every time I do a podcast, but that's how you guys can help us out. So so, so, if you are on here, go subscribe to his show. And a shameless plug, you might as well do it to mine while you're at it. And then yeah, all you, of a sudden they start popping up, you know. And Definitely,
2: uh, yeah. So, you know, just uh, like I always say, uh, peace, love, and bring a bat, man. That's what it is, is. You bring a bat in your life. Hit your sweet spot and knock it out of the park. Do the best that you can. And I can't wait to kind of do some more real talk with Mark Cox
1: yeah that's going to be great now listen you're going to be in la you've got another talk that's coming up that you're going to yep. be speaking at make sure i get that information i want the day that i come and see you is the day that you're going to be speaking so i want to make sure that i come yeah, i'm speaking and, and, friday uh, and saturday and
2: so i'll definitely friday definitely and saturday i yep, yeah,
1: get, yeah, get stuff I'll to get me i'm coming you. yeah you got it. i'm absolutely coming and uh we'll have uh we'll have some time after after that it'd be really good i appreciate your time uh dave it was a. Uh, really fun emilio and all you guys that uh, came on Sal Danielle is on there hey we love your family we know you had a major loss in that I know what major loss is man I, yeah. I, I've I've been there been you know not my folks yet I'm not looking forward to that yeah. day but um I know I know how we go so all right I appreciate it Dave we're gonna sign right. it. we'll, God we'll bless. send off and I love you guys man bye
0: You've been listening to Real Talk with Mark Cox. Real life, real topics, real conversation. We're passionate about motivation, fitness, self-defense, weight loss.